From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 430. Today's show is brought to you by the Canalea Penco and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike Hurley. How are you today? I'm fine and dandy, my friend. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about our first ad today, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I want to just give everyone a final uh, thank you and reminder about the uh, Relay FM fundraiser for St. Jude. Uh, today is the last day of September, so it's the last time you hear us talking about it this year. So the month is quickly drawing to a close. Um, I really cannot even conceive of the fact that we have now raised $430,000 for St. Jude oh, this year. Yeah. I haven't checked in like since Monday, and I don't think it had eclipsed four then. That's yeah, insane. There, there have been some, and one especially, incredibly generous donations that have occurred over the last few days. Um, I saw a couple hints to, to that. Yeah, so which has propelled us to the level that we're at now. But small or large, it doesn't matter. Any donation has helped get us to this amount of money. Right, so that's four hundred and thirty thousand dollars raised this year, um, which actually Man. puts us to uh, we're currently over uh, seven hundred and forty-five thousand dollars raised in the last two years. Golly! Um, so I guess we're going to go for that cool million next year. Easy peasy to hit that million mark. Yeah. That's um, you should be very proud. You and Steven should be very proud. I'm proud of, of everybody, fact. bro. This is you know like. You know, we 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 set it up and we put the work in, but this is something that everybody's come together for, from uh, our hosts to our listeners, right? This is something that we're all doing together, and uh, mm -hmm. it really, you know, people talk about community as a thing, and and it was originally like a, a phrase that I was a little hesitant of, but I've definitely grown fond of um, mm -hmm. uh, more recently, and this is like a big thing for me that shows that, like the strength of the community of listeners that we have um, and their generosity. Uh, it's really quite, quite overwhelming for uh, such a fantastic cause. So thank you to everybody that has donated, um, and uh, we'll be doing it again next year. You can bet on that. Yeah, it's fantastic, and... You, you definitely should believe it in the power of community, and it's something that, that you and Steven have built here and that allows this to happen, and it's something uh, to be very, very proud of, and uh, I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm proud of the pen addict community who have helped you meet your goal for the Narcoco wax, uh, wax Canvas pen cases. Yeah. Uh, so this happened in between our last episode and now. Uh, you're currently at $31,500 of your goal of 30000 uh, so I kind of just wanted to touch on this a little bit with you. Um, I'm very, very pleased, very proud that you've hit that. Uh, and I kind of just wanted to get, like, what is your feeling for now? And just to, to underscore, like, hitting that goal, like, what is it going to enable you to do? Yeah, I'm super happy. When I woke up Monday morning, it had just ticked over to... 30 grand so a little over a week you know with a weird <laughs> with a weird launch schedule covering friday nights and weekends it was not the best scheduling of, of a of a project i've ever done but it was I think beautiful it makes sense the for this one though because like the, you know we spoke about it but this this campaign has kind of weird reasoning and beginnings yeah and it's like this is not intended to ever be like the most particular meticulous campaign to try and right. like really blow the doors off like you would have done for say the original one or the spoke sure. design stuff like you know with like the the roadie and the spoke pen and the roadie you didn't do a kickstart for but the the spoke right. pen you did and and that's really like oh, we want to hit this we want to hit the community and hopefully break outside of that where like yes. whilst it would be lovely if that happened that's not the intention of this campaign anyway I think that's 100% correct. Like this was a personal campaign in a personal like reach out to mm -hmm. our supporters, right? Yep. Like this is not designed to hit the Kickstarter front page and, you know, go viral like some, you know, Kickstarter projects are mm -hmm. set up to do. This is a product, uh, a project to continue to build out knock and what it's going to allow us to do now that we've hit this goal is to not just make these cases for all these cool people that backed us and get them these cool cases in their hand. It's going to let us um, put in orders for other inventory, which I'm going to start teasing on the campaign. Take, I'll take some pictures of some other cases, colors we have in the works, no new designs yet, but you know, like this is what like the profits from this 
campaign are going to allow these other cases to be made. And so I'm going to start showing that off and see if we can raise some more money to get even more cases made. So like, that's exactly what this is for. Um, you know, I'm thrilled that we've already hit the goal and I felt that we would, you never know till you launch these things, right? It's always you know, a nerve wracking experience. Mm -hmm. You know, have you done the right things? Will people support you and, and things like that? So they have, um, we're, we're in, we're making these cases. I'm excited about it. And now, um, I'm going to keep trying to push it a little bit more over the next couple of weeks. So you will, yep. uh, see me and hear from me, uh, talking about this as we, uh, try to drive this, uh, up a little bit higher. Yeah, because now every extra just goes to make everything better and everything easier. Right. right? This is a, a this is a production campaign, not a profit campaign, right? Mm -hmm. That's I don't use Kickstarter to to make money. You know, this we use Kickstarter to make products and we've talked about this before. So this is like hundred percent of the proceeds go into making a hundred percent of the cases, right? So that's one of those things. And like the more we raise, the more I get to uh to uh, send over to the manufacturer and the more we get to fill the virtual shelves and you know it's a good place to be right now with it already fulfilled so i'm very happy with that good as you should be yeah i'm really really pleased that uh this happened i'm really pleased that that yeah. everybody got behind it i'm excited that people are excited about this case because it's a cool case it's something a little bit different uh even though same shape and design the the materials are are super cool and i think everyone who hasn't had the chance to use one of our wax canvas products is going to be really happy with this. All right, let's take a first break. <laughs> I'm so excited about Mike this. Keeps, Mike keeps moving this up the dock, <laughs> and we're going to find out why in a minute. We're, uh, we're sponsored by Canalea Pen Company today. Um, there are two types of sponsorships that we do with Canalea Pen. One is like what you heard, I think, a couple of episodes ago, where we're just reminding you about the incredible products that the Canalea Pen Company have and produce. Then there's the other type of Canalea Pen Company sponsorship that we do, where we are working with them to let you know about a new release that they have, and that's what we're doing today. So I'm going to go through the, the ad copy that has been provided to us by Canalea that I've adapted, so I will tell you all about the product. And then me and Brad are going to talk about our experiences of the new pen, which we've both had uh, for, a, for a short time. So the Canalea Pen Company makes stunningly beautiful pens inspired by images of Hawaii. Canalea's founders, Hugh and Carol, believe that these locations can help recharge our spirit and connect us with nature. While the story behind these pens is wonderful, the execution is what sets them apart from the rest. Every single Canalea pen is handmade in a process that means that no two pens will ever look alike and every nib is tuned before it ships to their customers. What you get is something truly unique for you. And we're excited to announce a brand new pen with the Canalea lineup. It's called Kona Snow, and it's inspired by the life cycle of the Kona coffee plant. So before we get to the red berries that inspired the Kona cherry pen, which was their last release, the Kona coffee plant's life cycle begins with snow white flowers that are seen for just a few days in spring. So the Canalea Kona Snow is a beautiful pen featuring white acrylic with some pearlescent swirls and rose gold accents throughout the material. There will be photos in the show notes. You can take a look. The Again, we'll talk about this in a moment in more detail. The process that they've gone through here is something that I cannot get my head around as to how they've produced this pen because it, it really is very, very special. Now, this is something that's important, and I was really pleased that Hugh and Carol sent this information to me. So this is a white pen, right? So, you know, white can discolor, but they've done some tests on this. Canalea pens let me know that they performed some testing of their own, including submerging the material that was made, uh, that they made these pens out of, in Waterman uh, Mysterious Blue ink for 24 hours, seeing mm. no discoloration. So they just put the material in a blue ink, for 24 hours and they saw nothing. That's awesome. That's a that's a great to hear. Yeah, I'm I was really pleased. I, I didn't think of it until I saw it. I was like, oh yeah, that's a good thing just to, mm -hmm. to let people know, right? Like it, this is a, I, I've never had a white pen before, so it's not popped into my head, but it's something to be aware of. So I'm, I'm really pleased that they've done some testing on that. Canalea pens feature Yoho number six nibs and you can buy steel or 18 karat gold nibs directly from Canalea. They also offer rose gold too, which is the perfect pairing for Kona Snow in my opinion. The same as the little medallions that go on the top. Uh, the rose gold is like, that's what I got. Trust me, like this is the one. 
uh, for this pen. <laughs> Canalea offers sizes from extra fine to 1.1 mm. Uh, 1.1 stub and every pen ships in a beautifully packaged keepsake box. The Kona Snow is available to order right now with the classic flush profile shipping within a week if your order is placed by November 1st. After November 1st, it will ship within their usual four-week window. All of the other profiles that Canalea make are available to order now but will ship within four weeks. Candelaire is also using the proceeds of the Kona Snow to give back to the communities of Big Island and the Kona area by donating a portion of the proceeds to the Hawaii Food Bank and the Hale Hanekahi Emergency Shelter. I apologize for butchering that. Uh, you can check out the Kona Snow today at canaleapenco.com. That's K-A-N-I-L-E-A-P-E-N-C-O, canaleapenco.com. Go there today to choose your aloha. Uh, thanks to Canalea Penco for their support of this show. This is a special one, huh? I'm going to put you on the spot, Mike. Yeah. So as is our normal routine, we've been doing this for a long time now, to where we'll each get a product. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, it could be any product, doesn't have to be Kenalea. And we will generally not communicate beforehand, mm-hmm. right? To have the conversation about our opinions on the pen. Mm-hmm. Or let's let's just say pen. It could be paper, whatever. So we can have a discussion around this. So I've had mine for like two, three weeks now. Uh my Kona Snow been been using it and I'm gonna give my thoughts here in a minute. And I, I didn't even mention to Mike that my pen had arrived or anything like that. And I, I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. So out of the blue last week, Mike messages me. He goes, Did you get it? And I'm like, oh, do you mean the the Canalea pen? Yeah, yeah, I got it. He's and uh I'm I'm gonna let you pick it up from there. Ah uh, man, this is so good. This <laughs> because is so you, good. You then went to break on every unwritten rule we have about <laughs> telling yeah, each other I what we think keep about this the one pin. to myself. I, but, I, because I really like. Oh my god, they've done it. Like they've just straight up done it again. Um, but this this one, what I find so fantastic about the Kona Snow. Well, it's a couple of things. One, when I opened it, it was completely unexpected. Like looking yes. at Canalea's lineup that they have currently. I would never have assumed them to give me an all-white pen. Like, it just didn't feel like it would be able to get across the type of images that they usually portray, right? Like, one, it just didn't necessarily... I would never would have imagined that they would have a kind of an imagery from Hawaii that would be all-white, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that just Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily come into my mind because it's usually lots of vistas and stuff like that. Um but I also just don't think it's a colorway that I would have expected from them because I would have naturally assumed that if you're going for basically all white, you would not be able to produce something that will blow you away. Mm -hmm. But they did it because this thing is, it's just stunning. Um, Like, you know, it it being mostly white, right, as the body Mm. of the pen, but then it creates like these swirls, like pearlescent is like the best way I can describe the kind of um, the, the, the swirls that run through it. But again, it's like not, it's this idea of me just not understanding, not being able to conceive of how these things are actually produced, that every swirl has an outline in rose gold. Like I don't <laughs> understand how this is possible to do. And they've created something this time. It's just like, again, like I can't recall seeing something like this before. Yeah, um, and, and, the, and the the pearlescent nature of it means that you know I have this on mine. They have this on one of the images. You may see it. It's like there is one spot on my pen where it's just like a a, a small circle of this like pearlescent kind of like semi-transparent I guess um, part of the acrylic and it looks like it has that real depth again um, that I've seen in in some of their pens recently I think the one for me is in my Aeolani I have a similar point where it's like this one spot where it just looks like it goes impossibly far like deep so yeah it's my gosh they absolutely nailed this one yeah, and the best part, like you're talking about, like the polo essence and the colors, is you don't have to see it from up close, like mine sitting on my desk and not in my hand, and I can see all the things that you're talking about. So I, I agree with you. What I told you 
is that this is the best release of the last few releases, even though like the, the Kona cherry is my favorite, mm-hmm. right? The bright red translucent one. That's like, that's a me pin. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be the most popular of the past several of the Canalea releases. Yeah. It's really pretty. It's really different. Um, it's one of those pins. When I use it, I stop to look at, right? Mm-hmm. I have a handful of pins like that where I'm writing with them where it's just such an enjoyable pen to use and to write with and to look at that I'll be writing and then I'll stop and look at it and go, yeah, this is a good one. I like this. I like this pen a lot. So the material's great. I got mine with the clip this time, Mike. I wanted to try something different. Yeah. So I tried a little bit of different shape. Uh, I'm what was very, the shape name that you went for? Um, that's a great question because I always forget the, forget the names of it. So let me just uh, check it up. I want to say I think Classic Slim. The the classic slim was the one that yeah. you got. Okay. Yep. So it's just a little bit uh, bigger cap and a tapered end, and it has a clip. So when you get the clip, it doesn't come with the medallion on the top. So like that's the trade-off. You know, when you have the clip hardware up top, um, you you lose the medallion. So mm. you kind of pick whichever style fits that. Is the clip fits that style? Um, can you choose the material? Uh yeah, and it's right. got the uh can uh, um well no I think the clip's just in sterling silver yeah the okay. clip's just in sterling silver so okay. then it's got the little Canalea logo on there okay. but uh, I'm very happy with this pen like I said I think this is gonna be the most popular um, pen they've released in quite some time I think they did a really good job with this and it fits into the um, colors and designs and uh, story that they're telling with the product, and it's a good fit for the entire lineup. So, yeah, I think it's going to crush. Yeah, if we think of, like, there's kind of, like, two time periods for Canalea, mm-hmm. and, like, we're in the second phase, I think, which has included the Kona Snow, the Aolani, and the Kona Cherry, mm-hmm. um, because they they are they have this real different look to them, these pens. And of these three, this is easily my favorite. This is yeah. going up against number one or two for me of all time. Um, oh, so wow. My my personal favorite is the Haleakala Silhouette. That's my personal mm-hmm. favorite of their pens. That's the yellow, gray, and black one. Right. Um, and this is, is way up there. Um, like, I'm not going to say it yet because of the recency thing, um, but this is... This is very high, like because I truly have seen, I've not seen a pen like this before. Like it, yeah, it's it really very different. special, and just how well it it matches with the nib and the medallion. Do you get rose gold? Yeah. Well, okay. I uh, I wasn't gonna get rose gold, and mm. I was talking to Hugh, and he, you know, because the way that Hugh and Carol do this for us is genius. They don't show us anything. They don't tell us anything about the pens. They just send them to us um and hugh said to me uh you should you should go rose gold for this one (laughs) would be my recommendation and i was like fine like let's go for it i also got a medium nib because i i always get larger nibs from them so uh, i ended up going with a medium nib this time which is just for some difference which is nice but but yeah Yeah, it's yeah it's funny to me to say that this is like an outlier for all the Canelia designs because they're all pretty much, you know, things that we haven't seen before. That's why we like them, like the materials, you know, ever since they started. But like, if you look around like your own personal collection and your own desk and the own pens you use, you just don't see any one that's like this. Like even my red one that I like so much, the Kona cherry, mm-hmm. like I look around, like I have, you know, all orange barrel pens and all, you know, different things like that, but you don't, I don't have anything that looks like this at all, which is why I think it's going to be a uh, pretty popular for them. Yeah. I, uh, it was actually, I wanted to just double check. It was Carol's recommendation for the rose gold, not here. Well, I was talking I mean, to you about the nib, the nib but there's, Carol, Carol got it locked y- Yeah, there's no doubt who would make the best recommendation for that. It's definitely <laughs> not going to be Hugh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is this is really cool. Like, I'm I'm big into this pen. I wanted to ask what ink you put in yours, though. Uh, that is a great question, Mike. I struggled with that. I didn't ink it up for like two or three days because uh-huh. I couldn't figure out. So in the end, I went with an ink called uh, Bungbox Kabayashi. 
and which is a brown. It's an eel. Uh, forget the name of, of what Kabayashi is, but it's, it's something relating to eel. And it's this great looking brown, probably my favorite brown ink. It's not too dark. It really matches the, the darkest stripe in the pen. So it's a really, really, it's, I, I nailed it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It was the perfect match, but I did struggle with that in the beginning. Um, wanting to make the correct choice. It wasn't going to be like one of my standard blue blacks or pinks or oranges, even though of course all those would be fine. It was down to like a brown or a green and I, I went with this uh, Kabayashi and it's great. What about you? So I am using um, Sela Ibisu Gold. Okay, yeah. But I want to use something else because I have this gold in two pens already um, mm-hmm. and I want a different ink for it but I, d- I don't know what that ink is yet. Gotcha. I haven't worked it out. Yeah, that was a challenge for me. I'm not going to lie. That was a challenge for me. Yeah, I will work it out because I will let, know, I will let Hugh and Carol know right now when I haven't told them yet, I'm buying this one. <laughs> uh, I will send them the money for this pen. I cannot let it leave. So yep. I have the time to work it out. But Yeah, yeah. so thanks for them for uh, working with us on... Um, not just supporting the show, but letting us launch these pens and give us an early look and let us have yeah. some, you know, some time to spend with them and, and get our our thoughts and, and opinions on them. And I just, I think this is, this one's probably going to do as well as any we've seen in a while from them. It should, definitely. All right, we have to talk about it. There was a tweet that, that <laughs> went viral. Uh over the last couple of days, million people. You sound sent disappointed it already about this entire topic. Uh, it's just like because what it is, right? These 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 viral tweets about things that I'm involved in, especially stationary. It's like I don't really have a lot of personal time for them, really, <laughs> um, because it's just like you know. Uh, so this this tweet is from somebody called Cam, and it's a picture of the Pilot G2.7. It says, this is the best pen ever. Let's argue. And, you know, it's like, I, it, uh, to, to Cam, that's the case. Like, and I endorse it, right? It's a great pen. I use the G2. The G2 is one of the reasons that got me into this hobby as an adult. Like, going all the way back, like to 2010 2011 like the pilot g2 was like that was my uh staple i mean you go back in this show and you'll find me talking about it a bunch especially the g2.7 it's a fantastic pen and so like but you know i don't like these kind of like and i know that it was mostly tongue-in-cheek but Mm -hmm. you know then it's people people are like oh you've got to have an opinion about this it's like (laughs) i'm sure this person loves the g2 like and it's a great pen and i don't i'm not gonna argue with them and that's that's the conversation we have to have right because we got tagged a lot and i had a couple of Mm -hmm. replies just in the generic thread not like directly at cam um, and, and Cam, just to let, to let me know, you know, his, his bio is basically like comedian, right? So like, yep. this is his thing. Um, I, I will say that this one took off more than a lot of the other stationary ones. And I, I don't know why. Picked um, the right pen, Brad. That's why he picked. Yeah. He picked the right pen. The pilot um, G2 is, is, is very popular. It's in all the stationary stores. And one of the reasons it's popular is because it is a good pen, right? Like, it's a good gel ink pen. It has a satisfying knock. And the 0.7 is very nice to use because it's so smooth. So. Yeah. And this is the conversation I wanted to have, right? I wanted to talk about the G2 and say, like, how good of a pen this is. But it's also relative. And there's also some things that to take into account when you're shopping for Mm -hmm. the G2 that, Hey, there are other options out there. But before we do that, I want to talk about the numbers on this tweet, Mike, because I, I still, when something goes like completely haywire like this, it's still hard to wrap my head around this one tweet for the pilot G2 had 45,000 retweets, 20,000 quote tweets and 394,000 likes. 
Mm-hmm. Can you even imagine that? Do those numbers like they don't even mean anything? They're so gigantic. I don't. I don't even get it. So no, I mean, I also I feel sorry for this person really because <laughs> I mean I know that this is this is probably what they're trying to do as you mentioned right like based on the way that their, their Twitter account is but like that will just take over your life like that's your life yeah. now for a few days it's just <laughs> that tweet you know yeah so. Let me dig into it. I wrote a couple pages worth of notes. I put a bunch of stuff in the show doc. And I just want to go on record because this is a super hard thing to discuss. The Pilot G2 is a very good pen. Like, I cannot state that enough. The, I don't even want to say issue I have, but I don't know a better way to, to put it, is that there are better choices for a similar type of pen that's easily accessible from the store shelf that are better than the G2. There's actually several choices. So the G2 is so popular. It's definitely the number one selling gel pen in the world. Like I remember years and years ago when Pilot was like doing their press release of like one of the, you know, one of the metrics of some, I don't know, some survey that was taken and it came out that was like the most popular or the most sold or whatever the metrics were. And we dug into it a little bit and it seemed to be like a really legit thing. You know, you always take, you know, self press press releases with a grain of salt. Like how did this come about? But in pilot's case, it's legit. And I think everyone would believe that this is the number one selling gel pen in the world. Yeah. So that's, that's step number one is it's accessible, right? People can get this pen at the corner store or they can find it on a desk that somebody's left behind. And the thing about the G2 is that it's it's better than almost any other pen you will pick up, right? If you grab a G2 from the store, it's going to be better than most of the, like the ball points and the roller balls and the gel pens you just have laying around the house or find in some desk drawer or something like that. And you're going to go, oh, this is good. This is different. Now I feel special because I have a really nice pen and it's true. Like the pilot G2 is really good. I love the pilot G2.38 when I found it, the 0.38 millimeter. It's awesome. And it's just a really good black ink. The people like the durability of the barrel, right? It feels substantial. It doesn't feel, even though it's like a $2 pen, there's pens that are more expensive that feel less significant you know they feel less weighty or less well put together or more rattly this feels like a sturdy durable pen it's got pitch black gel ink and it generally writes pretty well i i think what writing performance is where it falls down compared to some of the competition so i i've tested you know all these pens a bunch over the years the ones that you just go down to the store like at staples office max even your grocery stores and grab and I have three specific gel ink pens that Pilot G2 users should try because, in my opinion, they're better. Okay. And in no way, shape, or form does that mean the Pilot G2 is a bad pen, right? These are the things like that we get to nitpick that, you know, I can say that the Pilot G2 is a great gel ink pen and other pens are better than the Pilot G2. Both of those things can be true. Right, so that's what I'm trying to get across today. So I have no hate at all for the G2. I just think there's better choices. Number one is the Uniball 307. All the pens that I'm putting up against the G2, you will find right next to it on the same rack in the same store on the same shelf. Like they're right next to it. And for some reason, the Pilot G2 keeps getting chosen over something like the Uniball 307, which I think is a far superior writing experience. It is more consistent. Uh, it's more comfortable to use. Mm-hmm. Um, the only kind of, if you're going like a one-on-one comparison with the G2 and the 307, I, the 307 has a little bit weaker clip than the G2. Like that's the only knock I could get put on the 307 in relation to the G2. Everything else about the 307 is better. It's got a better grip. It's got a better refill. Um, It's got a better style to me. You know, the G2 hasn't changed in probably, it's definitely been over a decade. It's probably close to two. It's probably been over 15 years um, that the G2 hasn't changed. And like one of the, the things about the G2 is it's instantly recognizable, right? 
for its shape, its grip, its clip. But to me, it's instantly recognizable for that earwax plug they have in the in the refill, which I just can't get over that that is actually a real thing that they put out there into the world every year. It's it's mind boggling. Wait, to what? Me. Do you, wait, what? <laughs> when you look at the G two, what do you yeah. see? Like in the middle of the refill. Oh, the little piece, the little brown thing. Yeah, the earwax. Yeah. yeah. Why? You, you, it's not. What is it though? <laughs> it's you just like a. Say it earwax. You could, like, because if you just say that, right, mm. and like people are gonna start thinking they put earwax in the pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just something they use to seal. I always found that weird. Like, I don't know ink. why it needs to be brown. Yeah, other companies just use like a cloudy white, right? If you open up a G, uh, like a three hundred seven refill, it's just mm. like a white cloudy thing uh, instead of this brown thing. I, I thought I was being kind, but apparently I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, um, it's 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 a gradient sunset wax plug, Mike. Is that better? I mean, you can just say brown, Brad. <laughs> and that, that will totally do the job <laughs> i i like that's a whole issue with me is that aesthetic of the g2 is i will never understand like i understand people like the pen but yeah that's that's a whole another conversation that i've never fathomed yeah. why that's a choice but anyway so the 307 is going to be better than the g2 every time as far as writing experience writing consistency longevity um things like that the Pentel Intergel is far superior to the G2 in writing experience. It's probably the best gel ink pen on the market from just pure refill perspective. Like if people who like the G2 and like the 0.7 G2, if they tried the 0.7 Intergel, they would never use the G2 again, in my opinion. Right. It's that superior of a pen. Now, I prefer the 307. But I understand that the inner gel is even better from a writing perspective. Um, the knock on the inner gel is the barrel is a little wide, right? It's a wider diameter barrel than something like the 307 and the G2. So that's from my writing perspective. I like a narrower barrel. But for the general population who says the G2 is the best pen. I think if you chose a Pentel Intergel, you would never choose the G2 again on purpose. It's that quality of a writing experience. I think it's probably the best pen on the shelf, even though it's not my preferred one or even the one I recommend the most because I, I do people do find the barrel to be a little bit wide and that's understandable. The surprise on this list and I have to thank my wife for this. She picked up some Papermate Ink Joys a couple of years ago when they did a redesign because they had them in some really cool colors. That is an outstanding gel ink pen. I would choose that over the G2 every time as well. And I think other people should give the Papermate Ink Joy a try. And the colors the- really, you know, like that's a, that's a that's a good part of it for sure. Like having lots of color options is a great that's a great thing for people. People like that. Absolutely. So the G2 comes in colors. They're not always that great of a colors. I don't mm-hmm. like the G2 gel ink colors. The Uniball 307 doesn't come in a lot of colors. Um, the previous version, the 207 did, but the 307 hasn't been uh, as active in putting colors out there. The Inner Gel and the Ink Joy have the best colors by far because they're not just doing your basic black, blue, red, green, purple, orange. You can get the inner gel in blue, black, and brown. You can get the ink joy in teal and pink and these interesting mixture of colors, like these mid-range colors that aren't like, you know, straight red or straight purple. They're these different shades and uniqueness. Like there's some slate colors, you know, some slate blues in there that they they experiment with. The Papermade Ink Joy has an awesome barrel. It's it's almost like a full gripped style barrel um, to where it's kind of like a rubber coating on the pen. It's just fantastic. Every single one of these pens is better than the Pilot G2. And I have to reiterate it. I'm going to say it a thousand times. The Pilot G2 is a great pen. It's a great gel ink pen. Every single one of these pens is better than the G2 is my argument. And that's 
an opinion, right? Like, this is what I do. This is my opinion on these things. I've tested them all out. The G2 is just far too inconsistent of a writer compared to the 307, the Energel, and the Inkjoy. And I think if people, when people give these pen, other pens a shot, they go, oh, I see. Like, the G2 is pretty good, but look at this. This Energel is something else. Like, I can tell why it's better than the G2 um, because it is. So that's just the gel category. And really, that's probably the only fair thing to compare against the G2 is other similar gel pens that would sit right next to it on the shelf. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, Coke and Pepsi sitting right next to each other. You want to compare it to like the most direct thing. But since I got started on this path, Mike, I thought we'd continue to talk about other pens you can mm -hmm. just grab on the, sh on the store shelf that are a good option from the G2. I can't necessarily compare them directly to the G2 one-to-one -one because you're going to get a different experience because of the inks right. in them. And that brings up the Rollerball first, which is a liquid ink pen. And there's really kind of only one go-to. No one's been able to beat this pen for many decades. I think it's far and away the oldest pen on this list and it's the pilot precise most people will know the pilot precise from the v5 and v7 needle uh tips that they used in high school and college this pen has been around at least since the 70s i believe in various iterations but all the same needle point rollerball ink style and they have the little porthole barrel and you know a pre precise when you see them and then they've morphed it into like they have the precise rt they have a click precise you know they have a couple different models but just that general pen mm. from pilot is a great pen you can it's just known grab as the off the v5, store shelf uh or v7 in a lot of places mm -hmm. like just as that i think um, yes i think it has another name as well but i think as v5 you would be familiar with it i don't think it's called the precise uh in the uk for example. Right. So there are regional names, which yep. is something we've discussed in the past. But when you see podcast. a picture of this one, you'll remember like you've seen it in stationary stores and it's in, it's immediately noticeable. Like there isn't another pen like that I, I think, even know of like this in mass sale. Yeah, on this list that I'm going to go through, there's two pens that are immediately noticeable when you see them. It's the G2 and it's the Precise V5 yep. or yep. V7. V5 and V7, the only difference is tip size. That's why I say them both um, mm. because of the V5 is 0.5, V7 is 0.7. So they're, they're both the same pen. Mm -hmm. So it's an awesome pen. It's rollerball, so it's not going to work great on some papers. But like a pen like this, I find it to be the best moleskin journaling paper you know, because moleskin paper is, is historically not a great paper for some inks. And I've always found the precise and that liquid ink to work surprisingly well on uh, the moleskin paper. Mm -hmm. The one rollerball I didn't link in this that I will get a lot of feedback on because a lot of people love it, but I despise it is the Uniball Vision. And this is a, this is a regional naming one, Mike. In the UK, it's the Uniball I. Uh, E-Y-E, like eyeball, you know, vision, eye, Ew. whatever. Um, I don't like calling a rollerball an eye. <laughs> it's the it's uniball gross. eye. <laughs> oh, I know it, this pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a classic. Um, the Vision Elite is a good pen. The uniball vision is not a good pen. It is very, very wet, bleedy. Um, it's like a huge, huge just ink sink um, going onto your, onto your page. You left it's, out it's, the best rollerball ever, though. Which is... The Retro 51 Tornado. Yeah, but like that's not the categories. We're, we're, know, we're not shopping on the Retro 51 aisle today. And I'd Should argue that it's the the refill that... Yeah, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Mainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Schmidt P8 126 Seven. 127. Yeah. No, I, there's no doubt. But like that's not the category it's of not the people the who are store. replying I know, to I know the what we're doing today yeah this is the yeah. best pen ever let's argue that one's not gonna rank right <laughs> in the context okay. of this tweet hmm. yeah you know brad so, i think i would really struggle i would really struggle to answer this question definitively like if somebody asked me mm -hmm. like like this thing like, i don't really feel like i have a good answer for this person. Like this list that you mm -hmm. put together is fantastic. And there's a bunch of stuff in there that I think is better. Um, like even the Sharpie pen, I think is a better pen 
than mm-hmm. the G two, but I right. do really like the G two. But to, I, I think I would really struggle to answer this better for the mass audience because I'm not as familiar with some of the ones that you've mentioned, right? That you think are better, like, but like the G two is something that I really know. Yeah. That's why I at least wanted to put a couple shout outs for these yeah. gel pens that are an option like the inner gel, the 307. I love the 307 though. I do, I do love the 307. Like if you want a basic yeah. black gel ink pen in 0.5 or 0.7 millimeters, I'd pick the 307 over the G2 every time. If you want a 0.7 millimeter gel ink pen and it comes in a lot of good color options, I'd pick the Pennantel inner gel every time over the G2. So yeah. Like, that's the point I'm trying to get across. Not that the G2 is bad or it shouldn't be the best pen ever or it shouldn't be someone's favorite. I'm just saying I think these other two or three pens are actually better than the G2 and the G2 at already a high level, right? Mm. So that's why it's, a, it's a, that's why it's honestly, it's a pretty short list because nothing else, like the G2 is such a good baseline mm-hmm. of a pen for being a good pen. There's only a few pens that I would think that are better, but I think these pens are demonstratively better. Like hmm. I think in a side-by-side test, these would people would go, "Oh, okay. Yeah, let me th- let me think about this a little bit more." Okay. Um, so let me hit a few other ones that we find on the shelf. Yeah, I mean there's one there's one big one we haven't spoken about yet, which is yeah. of particular importance to you. Uh, is it the last one on the list or the yeah. next one on the list? Yeah, the last one. We're going to talk about that. I have a very, very specific conversation about the last one, but the next one on the list, you have to mention, and it's the Uniball Jetstream. Now, I'm a huge, I'm as big a Jetstream yeah. fan as anybody. Yeah. I recommend it across the board for so many situations. If I had only one pen to choose, I would always choose one of the gel ink pens ahead of the Jetstream, Right. But the jet stream is the answer to a lot of questions. It solves a lot of problems for people being a ballpoint pen. It's high quality, non-skip, smooth. It has a refill that you can write forever with. You're not going to have to refill it or replace it as often as a gel ink pen. But there's also limitations, right? In color, in richness of the color, in you know, various, various things like that. So I am as, you know, I will go to bat to the jet stream as much as anyone in the world, but I do understand that I think most people would prefer a gel ink pen over the jet stream. It's just that the jet stream ticks so many boxes, um, that are very, very particular. Um, you know, I find like, like students want to know, I want to, I want a really good quality pen that can write forever and I will enjoy using. Well, it's, I'm generally going to pick the jet stream for that, right? Yeah, I don't like the jet stream. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I understand why people do not like the jet stream. I think that's a totally fair stance. It's just not my thing. It's just not. It's just not my thing. It's uninteresting. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. But what it does, it does extraordinarily well. So there's things, there are use cases for it that I will that would, I will absolutely make, and I'll always stand up for the jet stream. Um, this next batch of pens, you kind of alluded to the Sharpie pen. These are all on the same store shelf area. You know, Mm -hmm. you're shopping around and you see these other pens. These are really good pens that are just different than gel ink pens or different from the rollerball pens. And that's the Papermate Flare and the Sharpie pen. I kind of lumped those together. They're both a marker style pen. The Sharpie pen is a more traditional tipped plastic pen, plastic tip pen. Yeah, I they have say. they have three now. They have the art yeah. pen, the brush pen, and the grip pen. The grip yeah. pen is the one that we're mostly focusing on. Correct. When talking about this, it, it, when we always talk about the sharpie pen because it was the only one. Uh, the grip yes. pen used to be the which only is now one. no. It used to only be the art pen, which oh, was okay. the original sharpie pen. And then they introduced the grip pen, and then they changed the name of the Sharpie pen to the Arc pen. <laughs> Got it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Make complete I'm sense. Following. Yeah. yeah. So but, the original you know, Sharpie yeah. pen is now called the Sharpie Arc pen. Hmm. Okay. But the grip pen is the best of the three for if you're writing, doing mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. It's that really good drawing style pen, you know, art marker, fine tipped, plastic tip, but like it and the paper make flare, which is more of a felt tip, 
um, you run into tip breakdown, right? They're just never going to be as durable as a metal tipped pen, like everything else we've spoken about, even the pilot precise needle tip, you know, which is more fragile than the conical tips of the G2 and the 307 and all those other pens, the flare and the Sharpie pen, there are, you're essentially, you know, destroying the pen every time you use it. So it's not going to last as long as some of your other pens. So you just have to be aware of that. But the writing experience, if you like those style of pens, is going to be exceptional. Next on the list is the Pilot Acroball. That is Pilot's version of the Uniball Jetstream. Mm-hmm. I have always found it to be exceptional quality, but I have always found it to not be findable, right? They do not push that one as much. It comes in and out of the lineup. You'll see it on the shelf for six months, then you won't see it for a year, and then it'll come back. And I don't know. I think they can't decide what they're going to do with that. Even though it's a pretty decent competitor to the Jetstream, I think the Jetstream just has that market on lock and Pilot hasn't been able to break through. Um, they're going to stick with the G2, I think, is their main store shelf pin. But I, I do appreciate the Acroball for, for what it is and for trying to go up against the Jetstream. I just I think maybe that ship has sailed. Just kind I of don't like the, like the design of the Acroball. I think the Jetstream is a better-looking pen, personally. Um, I don't dislike... The Acroball, I actually prefer the Acroball's grip. It kind of has a crosshatch pattern mm-hmm. on it, which works very well in practice. Um, it's it's the right tactileness, mm-hmm. if you will. It feels mm-hmm. really good. Um, I, I like it. And uh, But overall, it is a more generic style. Like the Pilot Acroball, Pilot wants to sell these in dozen boxes to the office supply cabinet. Right. That's what that pen is made for. Um. Next on the list is a bit random, and you will find this at office supply stores. It's the Pilot G-Tech C, which is the high-tech C model for the United States market, and I think the UK market. They also call the standard ones the G-Tech C. Don't ask me why. I have no idea. That's a great pen for a very particular use case. It's needlepoint. It's 0.4 millimeters. It's very finicky. I adore it, but I never recommend it because people really need to know what they're getting into with that and they don't sell it very often um they don't they don't put push it very hard on the store shelf like you'll see rows and rows of g2s and rows and rows of jet streams and inner gels and you'll see like one little row of the pilot g tech c's you know at the bottom of the shelf not really in prime time Mm -hmm. location (laughs) so um you know try them i really really enjoy them but there are people who just flat out hate them and i i understand that because they're very uh uh finicky is the word i use for them very frequently last one on this list mike this happened a few years ago to where the Uniball Signo DX was only available in Japan and stores that import from Japan. And then a couple of years ago, out of the blue, it, I don't know if it's an 8-pack or a 10-pack, started showing up at like Staples, Staples and Office Max of a, of a rainbow of colors, 0.38 millimeter, millimeters, the legit, for real, Signo DX. And I don't rank this up there with the 307s and inner gel and paper mates, even though it is singularly the best gel ink refill on the market, just because of accessibility. If you can find it on the store shelf or if you see it on the store shelf, you have to commit to like a big, huge pack, like a 25 or $30 pack of these pens. And that's just a hard sell to someone who wants to try a new gel ink pen, right? The people who are buying that probably know what the DX is already. Say, oh, these are fantastic and I can get them here. Yes, please sign me up. That's a good price. But if you're trying to sell that against the G2 or the Energel or the Inkjoy, where you can buy a two or three pack of black pens or two black and one blue pens, I I don't know how the DX is going to get a foothold selling pens like that in the US. So it's been a weird decision the whole time for me with that pen in the U.S. market. I'm glad it's here and I'm glad people are getting to try, but I just don't think it has kind of the... There's not a way to get there to really raise the profile of that pen in the U.S. at least, right? Because I can buy a three-pack of the Uniball 307s for seven or eight bucks, or spend 25 bucks on these DXs, and I don't know what they are. They're also capped. 
which is one thing you'll find in a lot of these pins, Mike, that we've discussed, a lot of them are retractable. Big retractable market on the store shelf, and the DX is a capped pin. So people really, really like their retractables. Uh, I, I'm good with caps or retractable pins, but that's one thing you'll notice on this list is probably, you know, nine out of every 10 pins on this list is a retractable pin. So that's kind of it. That's that's my store shelf recap. And that that tweet about the G2 reminded me that it was it was a good time to refresh this conversation because I wanted to give the G2 a shout out. I don't want I don't hate on the G2. There's a lot of pins that are better and I wanted to give them a special shout out because if you're a G2 fan, you should really try some of these other ones. But the G2 is good. It's, it's not good. one of those situations where it's a bad pen and we're giving Correct. you better options. It's like, it's a good pen, but there are other options. Some of them could be better for you, uh, but even if you're not sure, there are at least things to try that will give you different experiences. Yep. Especially when it comes to colors, I think. Yes. I think that I think Pilot's color gel inks are actually the worst of yep. the color gel ink pens. Yep. Like the G2 Black is great. But once you start to get into like the purples and even just the basic blues and reds, I think every other gel ink pen makes better color gels than mm-hmm. Pilot does. All right, this episode is brought to you by Harry's. You know Harry's by now, but they just came out with their sharpest blades ever. And unlike some other razor companies, they're not charging you more for their product improvements. Harry's new sharper blades are still as low as just $2.00 each. Brad, tell me something you love about Harry's. I like that sharp blade, Mike. Oh, yeah? I, I know I talk about it all the time. I buy, I keep a good stock mm-hmm. of Harry's blades mm-hmm. and I'm continually shocked about how infrequent I go into that stockpile of blades because it's always sharp. And I just remember before, in, in the pre-Harry's time, Mike, in the dark days, I remember seemingly changing a blade every couple of weeks. And now with Harry's, it's like an every couple of months type of thing. It's mm-hmm. they're legitimately good and they made them even better, right? Like they even have yep. fancier blades now. I, I got to get me some, some new fancy Harry blades. I'm still, the other ones were so good. It's like, there's better than this really. So I, I'm anxious to try this. Yeah, Harry's have their own factory in Germany. They've been honing razor blades for 100 years. They source their steel from Sweden, and they own the entire manufacturing process from research and development to the factory floor, which means they can keep prices low, and they confidently stand by their blades with a 100% quality guarantee from harrys.com. Now, these new blades are so sharp that in a study with people shaving four times per week, they reported that with Harry's new blades, their eighth shave was as smooth as their first harry's blades are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription and new u.s customers can redeem a trial offer of harry's new sharper blades by going to harrys.com slash pen addict go give these new sharpest blades a try harry's has an amazing offer for listeners of this show if you're in the u.s and you're a new customer you can redeem to get that harry's trial set Again, at harrys.com slash penaddict, you get a five-blade razor which features their new sharper blades, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover to protect your blade when you're on the go. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict and redeem your trial offer today. Our thanks to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. I had an interesting topic come up on stream yesterday. Okay. By the way, I, I stream at twitch.tv slash penaddict, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Eastern. Eastern. <laughs> we nice. had a great crowd yesterday. Really, you know, I think a, we had a lot of new viewers yesterday, which I always love seeing. People like, oh, wow, you're talking about pins? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, I like pins. Can I hang out? And we're like, yeah, come on, hang out. So anyway, we just talk about like most of the time I have nothing planned to talk about unless I'm doing an unboxing. So we just kind of see where it goes. And we got on this thing about journaling where I was writing um, I've written, I, I'm doing a whole thing on, on writing, handwriting and journaling right now that I'm working on for myself. And I mentioned it during the stream and I don't know how it came up, but it was basically, I sh- I showed my journal and I only write on the right hand side of the page, basically one side of the page, right. As opposed to like front and back of the page. Hmm. And I always knew that people, you know, a lot of people write on both sides of the page, right. That's a hmm. totally legit thing to do. What I didn't know, and I'm still shocked, is that 
how many people actually do use both sides of the page in as far as a ratio to people who just use one side of the page. So I know you're not particularly a journaler, but I do have a question for you before I really dig into this. I, you I use a specific every day. Well, you theme, theme system, system every day. Journal. So it's this a is journal. a it's a it's journal and that design. you use both sides of the page because yep. it's pre-printed. It's mm-hmm. planned to use that. Yes. My planner, I use both sides of the page of my planner because it's set up and designed to use that. Right. We're talking about unstructured if i had a notebook and was writing in the notebook what would i do kind of thing yes Mm -hmm. it's okay it's both so i will if i start writing but don't have two pages worth of writing i will Mm -hmm. only write on the right hand page and then start a new page for a new day or whatever on the Mm -hmm. next right hand page right Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is the same of any notebook but if I have something that's going to continue over more than one page, I will write on the left-hand page on the other side. Okay. So to me, sense? yeah. Oh, yeah. So to me, you're a both sides of the page user. Like you just would. Like I would never, mm-hmm. my continuation would start again on the next right-hand side page. My continuation would never be to the back of the page I was just on. Mm-hmm. So to me, like we differ, right? I think you like a lot of the a lot of people answered it depends right you know some people like if Tomoe River paper it ghosts a lot and you can see through it so you can't see your writing it's like I get that but to me you're also you're a, you're looking to your preference would be to write on both sides of the page a lot the way people answered so I did a poll just in the chat and it was like three to one four to one people using both sides of the page versus one side of the page I was like man. I am I I thought my guess would have been like 50-50 maybe a 60-40 one way or the other. I didn't even know which way. But the one side of the page um vote was such a small percentage. I took it to Twitter. I was like I'm going to put this on Twitter where I get a lot more um reaction to like a real poll and you can tr- Twitter's poll feature is actually pretty nice. Um, you can set it up, set it for a timer. So I, I asked the question, I said, when writing in a notebook, do you use, and you had two choices, one side of the page or both sides of the page. And I ran it for five hours. We got 221 votes. Mike, 20% of people use one side of the page. 80% use both sides of the page. That's 221 votes. 80% use both sides of the page. I'm blown away. I, I don't oh, know what see, though, to Brad, say about this. See, I think this is one of those things where you've been, I think personally, you've been bitten by the wording of the poll. Mm. And I bet that there are a lot of people that do what I do, which is I only use the left-hand side of the page when I have something to put there. But by and large, like if I haven't filled the page, I will start on the next right-hand side. I bet that like there's quite a lot of people that said both sides of the page mm-hmm. also do what I do, which I know what you're saying, but like it's not complete, right? Where it's like if I wrote on a right-hand page, the next day I'm not going to pick it up on the left-hand side on the on like over leaf, right? Right. But you consider it when you're writing at the time, yeah. and I don't consider it. Yeah, I think there's three groups of people. Mm-hmm. I think there's you, there's me, and then there's people that will just write on whatever page is open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me. So I, I I'm understanding what I completely understand what you're saying. Yeah. But to me, to me, that's only two choices. You you choose to write on the on the the backs both sides of the page. Like that's an option for you. Where to me, it's not. Right. So. The real, the real question is why, right? Why do I write on one side of the page, or why do people, you know, write who write on both sides of the page, choose to do that? And again, I was caught off guard by the answer, and the answer is waste. People feel like they've paid for a hundred percent of a notebook, and by only using one side of the page, they're only using fifty cent. 50% of the notebook, therefore not getting the full value of what they paid for the notebook. And that shocked me. I don't know why this shocked me, but it did. And now I'm like, I'm like rethinking my life choices at this point. <laughs> like, what have I done? Um, people really adamantly use all of the paper to where I am like taken aback at the amount of, and that I'm t- more taken aback that I didn't consider this 
more than I have, right? Like, I get using the back of the page, but the theory that I use the back of the page because I, I've paid for all of this paper and I don't, I want to ensure that I extract the most value was never a consideration of mine. My idea for using the back, the back of the page was, well, I write a lot and I'm going to use the back of the page and, you know, it's going to, you know, I'll be able to write more in this notebook before I have to switch notebooks. I guess that's a, a value choice in the end, but like the thought process of it never really never really hit me so <laughs> what do you think do you think if you were only using one side do you feel like you're not getting the most value for your money do you feel like you left in your case you know 35 or 40 percent of the uh the paper unused in your notebook when you completed a notebook are you are you happy with that because some people aren't happy unless they've used 100 percent. i think i'm fine most with people it. i think i'm fine with it mm-hmm but I, like I said, like the ratio was what got me the most. If it was closer to 50-50, my, my eyes wouldn't have popped out of my head like they're doing now. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, wow, I really have seen this wrong <laughs> for the entirety of my existence. Or not seen it wrong, hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. Hadn't considered the reasoning. Number one, the amount of people that write on both sides of the page. And number two, the reason why. And I think it's awesome. I think it's fascinating. I love doing this. So I I thought that was pretty cool. Like I rarely get surprised with stationary these days. That surprised me. People loving the G2 don't don't surprise me. Irrational love for the G2 does not surprise me. It doesn't surprise you that people don't use... I don't know why No, the rate... It doesn't surprise me that people use both sides. It's the ratio. It's the majority of people use both sides. And it's a big majority, too. It's a big number. It's not even close. But what if there was a third option, which was my option? Would you be so surprised then if that was high? Like, I'll use the other side if if I need to, but otherwise I'll skip? Yeah, but like, I'll, like, if I write something on the right side and I'm kind of done, okay? But let's say I needed to add a note to what I wrote. I would do it on the left side. I'm not anti, but I don't think that's the same category as what you're saying. No, but but what I think, so this is the thing, like I think you are being surprised about a thing, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure that the answer is as simple as it presents itself, which is mm-hmm. that 80% of people always write on every left page. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's the correct number. Mm. I don't know. I kind of think it is. Even though a lot of people did say both. Well, right? do you know There's why, lo- Brad? Because I voted and I voted both sides of the page. Because that yeah, was the only option to. available to me. But I don't always write on both sides of the page, right? Yeah. In a notebook. But I think so, you voted correctly. Yeah, it was the only option. <laughs> <laughs> I had to vote that no, way. but I think I think you're a both sides of the page writer, even though you don't always use it. Like again, that's an option. Like I don't see it as an option. Mm, okay. When right. I write, right. you know, my continuation goes to the right hands to the next right side of the page, which makes me a one side of the page writer. Okay. which is vastly in the majority in this yeah. polling. So that's what's throwing me off here. Um, I, I'm, yeah, that's what's throwing me off here. I, I, I love this conversation so much. Um, I got a lot of great feedback in there. And uh, almost all of the feedback were people in the both camp, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, most of it was visuals, though. Most of the both camp was, well, sometimes there's paper that I just can't see my writing as well. Not that... I sometimes not what you're saying where my continuation goes there or, you know, like I'll say, like if I was in a meeting and I had to, couldn't, I wanted to have all this content on one page. Sure. I'd use the left for something, but to me, it's never just a continuous option that apparently most people think it is. So I am wrong in that. Uh, Mike was right. Brad was wrong or, or not. Brad, Brad was, uh, I opened, I guess. It was like, wow. Okay, so now maybe I, I need to think about if I'm going to start using the other side. And I, I don't think I can. Like, after all these years, I don't know that that's a switch I could make. Could you make that switch to where you fully use the backside of the page? 
constantly. No, I wouldn't want to. This is where your both comes in, right? This is where it depends comes in, right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to. Yeah. So anyway, something to think about. It was an eye-opening uh, Twitter poll, and uh, I I appreciate all the feedback. Like I I love it, and definitely keep uh keep sending me your your comments on it. I'm 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 very pleased with how this turned out. That I got to I got to learn something new today, Mike. That uh, both sides of the page writers are the vast majority. And I love them for that. If you want to find links and information and stuff about this episode, you can go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 430. You can find Brad online at thepenaddict.com and knock.co. Don't forget to go and back the uh, knock Kickstarter, which is going on right now. Brad is at Dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. And we mentioned it already, but every Tuesday and Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern time, Brad streams over at twitch.tv slash penaddict. Uh, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and uh, thanks to Canalea Panko and Harry's for their support of this episode, and to you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. <laughs>